Hello and welcome to the Sala podcast. My name is Steph and today I have the pleasure of catching up with Adelaide-born artist Helen Fuller in her home studio in the suburbs of Adelaide. Thank you for turning the aircon on, Helen. It's a lovely warm day uh, and it's beautiful and quiet. Um, we've had to come through the trees to get here and yes, it's very special to be here. I will acknowledge that we are meeting on the traditional lands of the Ghana people and pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. Helen, thank you for inviting me in and making time to chat today. Thank you. <laughs> um, I must confess, we have the same last name and I went through a rabbit hole of trying to figure out if we were related last night and um, I didn't find anything. Oh, <laughs> but, okay. You're lucky. <laughs> but I can thank you because I inadvertently found a few more rungs on the family tree. So thanks for that. Um, and coming back to what we're here for, the interview, I better just acknowledge also that I'm not even going to attempt to cover as much ground in this chat as there is in the book about you that's just come out. We can definitely talk about that later. Um, but let's let's keep it simple and start with how how did you find your way to becoming an artist? Um, well, it was a long way, a long pathway. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I could, well, if I think back, it's just an early childhood, really, just um, playing around and drawing and fiddling and that somehow or other, you know, when I went to school, I really enjoyed art classes. They were very, uh, just using horrible old greasy wax crayons <laughs> and butcher's paper, but um, that was the material medium at the time. But I, I knew that every week I just looked forward to the art lesson where you could just relax and be who you wanted to be. So I could only see it as a pathway from stepping along but in my family household there wasn't any art practice oh. dad was a, a uh, an engineer um so he did have graph paper and very it was a double h lead pencils <laughs> with very sharp points uh, and rulers and things oh, so but, good tools <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and i guess he taught you to draw freehand straight lines mm, and sharp arrows <laughs> um, but yeah not you know like you see lucky kids now that are just gang-ho into a pile of paint and parents indulging going to the art shop and coming back with yeah. the best no it was yeah. all yeah minimal <laughs> yeah. yeah but when it came to uh, school mm. um primary school particularly the chalk, chalkboard drawings, that I was always the one that got invited to draw the holly or the oh, Easter yeah. rabbit or whatever because obviously my skill base was <laughs> recognised um, in the classroom but not at home. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, that does sound like you were given the job of artist as early as then. So, yeah, that's yeah. great. <laughs> um, now you've worked across we haven't quite touched on them yet but you've worked across various media materials uh two-dimensional work three-dimensional work 
When someone in the present day asks you what medium you work in, is there a simple answer? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no simple answer, but probably more relevant in the last, I think, about 12 years, 14 years, I've, I have been making ceramic um, pots, useless pots, basically, <laughs> but um, forming the you know, vessel form called pots, um, and I just hand-build, and I find it easier to go and make another pot than to go and do a work on paper or painting. Yeah. It's just probably the immediacy of putting the hands into the clay and you just, you just get started straight away. It was, yeah. yeah it's, it's not as hard on your head. as yeah. No, it's more tactile and, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Do you consider yourself as someone who has, you know, maybe moved through different favoured mediums at different times or is it more that you've just collected these different languages to sort of have at your disposal? Yeah, well, I, I suppose maybe in my weird uh, history of getting to art school, it was a um, – I, I wanted to go to art school full-time. I didn't do well enough at school and my father therefore um, – prevented me from going and so I just had to go leave school and get a job one of them as a clerk in an insurance company like really just jobs yeah um and then eventually I did get to art school only part-time but in the um I studied to be a secondary art teacher Mm -hmm. so when you did that the art school time was all split up into many different subjects from life drawing Drawing, tech drawing, uh, painting, uh, textile, printmaking. So I suppose the fact that I really like art as a kid, I think I just probably did reasonably well in all areas, but it, you, you didn't follow things for yourself. You were, they were prescribed subjects yeah. and you had to, um, achieve you know, a goal and hand in work. So I guess I always did okay. But, um, yeah, and maybe that just made you diverse in your skill yeah. base. Uh, and I suppose now maybe all my, my it, within my family there were people that were into craft, like woodwork and mum sewing and that. And I guess you, that came into it where you if you were going to do something you had to do it properly so you'd skill up yeah you'd, uh, the back of the sewing had to be as good as the front of so um yeah I, I do have those and I suppose when I have been making things you just sort of free range through what skill you need to make something happen yeah 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 or to, yeah I don't know how you say it really so they're not, you know, super distinct, different modes per se. It's more oh, just a happening. Yeah, and it's sort of sometimes I think of myself as jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> now, can I ask, I don't know if this is going to be an easy or a hard question, but what themes are you exploring in your work? Um, well, I think a lot of my work has been probably autobiographical um, and probably replaying aspects of my childhood experiences, Um, my father going to the rubbish tip, 
a trailer full of junk, trailer full of junk coming home from the because Dad always had projects. Ah, yes. And so um, we were all involved as scavengers to <laughs> glean the tip. And I think that part, I think I've always been pretty interested in re- it's recycling as, you know, a proper way of looking at it. But in actual fact, it's just um, just loving rubbish and playing with it, probably because it had been discarded. There's no use for it. Yeah. But in your, with your, within your creative self you see all these potentials and mm. tinker away and you don't have to have money to go to the shop to buy these materials yeah. they're generously don't donated <laughs> back into the <laughs> tip so um yeah so i think that yeah fascination for old uh do you think there was a preciousness for the object from from some of that or um, was it more about the vehicle for other things? A bit of both really, oh, yeah. isn't it? Because, um, I, I mean, I still, if I'm walking and you see something, a bit of broken crockery or whatever, I will pick it up. Yeah. And it, it, Or seeds or yeah. leaves or whatever. It's something I did when I was young. And um, I'm not young now, but I can still (laughs) just bend over and reach without going into it. But, um, yeah, I think because if you look around here, there's all scavenged bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a dog and the dog walking, uh, this is a reduced thing here, but um, a lot of bark coming off of trees a while ago, and I, they were kind of stunning, curling mm. pieces. And so some of that bark too, I used to texture oh, yes. into the pots as well, like That's printing, nice. form of printing. No, where the leaves and things, banks here. Oh yeah, look at that! It's such yeah. a spiky branch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which kind of link that all links into the pottery that I have been making as well, which are um, probably informed by looking at seed pods. And, mm. yeah. yeah, actually, now that I am looking around here, yeah, there's sort of dried bits of nature and all in sort of pockets of the room. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's um, that paper uh, form, mm. which was from an early exhibition from years ago that was about wallflowers and pattern uh, cut to the style that mum would have made as a dress for me when Mm -hmm. I was a kid. And hanging it upside down, it becomes vessel-like rather than frock-like. Yeah, yeah. And there was that thing to that Methodist upbringing that you didn't have a lovely full skirt of fabric that you could twirl it was just this functional mm. uh try and get, get the something muscle. to cover your body <laughs> as cheap as possible <laughs> yes without yeah. showing and revealing yeah no surplus fabric <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah what a great connection fantastic and um what do you think it is that really drives you to explore those kinds of themes and um, keep well, returning to them? I think it came probably more after I had my son. Mm. I Well, post 
his birth, I ended up coming back to Adelaide from Brisbane and I, I did my master's degree at UniSA down at Underdale. Mm-hmm. And um, I think my body had changed shape, everything. In fact, my whole life was changing <laughs> shape. And I think it coming home, uh, my father had died the day Alex was born. And coming home uh, for many reasons, um, I think confronted with on the family again. Because when I lived in Brisbane, I was up there totally by myself. Yeah. There was no family connection whatsoever. So you sort of created your own weird self. (laughs) But coming back, suddenly you're hit with coming back into the family after having been absent. Yeah. Um, As a mother, and I suppose as a mother, you started wondering more about your grassroots and influences. And I suppose that body-changing shape, a lot of the work had to do with clothing, clothing I couldn't fit into anymore, but also clothing and dressing Alex as a baby. Sometimes you like, where's the opening to put his head through, you know, arms. Uh, it was sometimes a nightmare, yeah. <laughs> um, struggling with that. So, yeah, it. I started making sculptures then with, like, yeah, with clothing, stretching mm-hmm clothing over forms so yeah. they were a bit like kite like as well but, but I think that self thing apart from the material self there was the psychological yeah and those change dynamics yeah and probably depression or, yeah. <laughs> became a reality mm. to that um I could say it. <laughs> medicated for it for you. Mm. but um maybe finding my way through that and resolving issues yeah exploring yeah working through that yeah Yeah. sort of going into the inside world rather than the external yes Mm. facing it all Mm. Mm. anyway that's great i think that's what it's all about for all the great greatest work comes from Depression. The diff- well, the difficult <laughs> the, things and facing yeah, it head on. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. But maybe in a short way, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah, well, it's therapeutic. And I think that's mm. even where at the time when I started working with clay, I had just finished a, a, an exhibition uh, with of paintings. Yeah. And they were becoming rather oh, very fine lines because I suppose the painting, I started going into the surface or the canvas, or the weave oh, of yeah. the, and they got really, <laughs> you know, I think I went, just got too, too sort of fine, and yeah, yeah, yeah something had to, <laughs> something give. had to give, <laughs> yeah, and I suppose that's where um, I was friends with Stephanie Raddock, and uh, she used to go to a hobby class at um, Hubby Court, where Every kid went to their art class. <laughs> so that's when this was the inspiring pamphlet. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah. So that was pottery and sculpture classes at Hubby Court. Beautiful. Um, and that was where I first touched the clay, really. Wow, yeah. Yeah. So I, I find it, yeah. Yeah. Now it sounds like that's a sort of recurring thing of, no, got it, something's got to shift or sidestep yeah, or yeah. you know and there's a new path and yeah. a new work that's awesome 
when I was doing the paintings, I was listening a lot to, um, well, I still do ABC oh, National yeah. or Classical. And, yeah, it was sort of like paint, doing these large paintings with a, a double, no, what do you call it, Trip, double O save, uh, brush. So really, really fine. Oh, yeah, and it was sort of like thinking, oh, well, when, when classical music, like a violinist takes one stroke with it. Yes. And thinking, oh, yeah. see, it was all this strange thinking that I got into. Uh, was now rolling sausages to hand build coil pots oh, yes. um, or pinch pots. It's still that same strangeness that it's multiple actions, you know, yeah. that repetition, whether you're pressing out a form with your thumb or rolling a sausage and coiling. Yeah. <laughs> It's nice how that gesture uh, crosses the materials, though, yeah. you know, from painting into the clay. Yeah. That's still yeah. how you're approaching it. Or well, yeah, it's still that linear mm. heart thing, too. Um, well, we've, <laughs> we've both got the, the lovely book oh. on our laps and referring to it, so we, we should probably talk about it. Um, so... This has just come out and it's the outcome of the South Australian Living Artist publication, which is an opportunity supported by the South Australian government through ArtsSA to produce a high quality book celebrating the work of a South Australian artist. Um, and I feel like I'm watering it down by calling it a book because it's a big undertaking. You know, there's an mm. application that then gets selected and then there's input from so many people, yourself, uh, the writers Ross Wolf, Sasha Gerbich and Glenn Barkley, Erica Green of Sam Stag Museum of Art and UniSA, Melinda Rackham, uh, all the photographers' images, the design, um, all coming together into this pretty hefty hardcover book that's published here in SA by Wakefield Press. Uh, how do you feel now that it's out in the world? Because it's, it's a lot and it's all about you and, oh, yeah, I don't know mm. what that's like. <laughs> well, it, well, it's kind of like an affirmation that you do do exist or did exist when it was talked about as being South Australian living artists I thought I could be the first dead one but anyway I managed to survive and I'm still here but um yeah it's it's interesting and it was very clever it's a handsome looking book thanks to um everyone that contributed to making it so but also um I see it on a personal level, it's a bit like a diary. Yeah. And I feel like I own it because it is my work, but it also, like, my work has gone on many pathways, tangents and whatever, but somehow or other being glued in to pages yeah. and that are bound and you can flip through it. I can see, it I mean, kind of, I don't know. it brings it together. Yeah. Um, so otherwise... It's a pretty scattered life, really. <laughs> um, it's amazing when you can see it through someone else's perspective, isn't it? Mm. Those connections and mm. chaos becomes a bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And when um, Melinda Rackham was um, in the first phase of going through my archival uh, clutter, mess, whatever, <laughs> with great patience, um, yeah, there were moments where uh, some of it was almost... Uh, painful as well oh, because wow. it was 
bit like exhuming <laughs> for dead. What a word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, there were, I don't know, it just, yeah. Yeah, that would be a strange Cause process. Because you're sort of looking at it, well, probably 50 years. Yeah. And it feels to me like only yesterday I was you know, painting a tree or something. But at the same time, I haven't painted a tree for 50 years or something. Um, yeah. And I guess it's a pathway of having had many life experiences, travelled and known a lot of people. And then in retrospect now, you see some of those people have um, dropped off the planet. And so, yeah, yeah, it's a strange process yeah yeah I find it interesting because there's it's not just you know a picture book of work it's the way that the journey weaves in and you know Mm. the turns and Mm. um yeah which I think is an important distinction to make it's it's not just a coffee table book it's it's this really um polished thing yeah it was pretty amazing too because even like Ross Wolf um who's uh great Asking questions and just probing a little bit more and that. And, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, and he sort of was very helpful <laughs> unleashing, um, yeah. Teasing things out. <laughs> yeah, teasing things out. But, um, yeah. yeah. But, and that's nice, though, and affirming. That's that's a great mm. great word for it, and I'm glad that that's how it feels as well. Mm. Um, and then as well as... <laughs> As this, um, in keeping with tradition, uh, as the recipient of the South Australian Living Artist Publication Opportunity, you were then also the feature artist for the 2023 Sala Festival. Um, and, yeah, yeah, there was a picture of your work on the official program, which <laughs> we've got right here, um, and the posters. I was wondering if you could uh, give a bit of backstory to, to that work because it was yeah. seen by you know, a lot people, of people around the state, and um, I'd love to, to hear about it in your words. Well, it, I tell you what, it was strange seeing the image on the cover and also seeing the poster and um, everywhere. Yeah. And it was sort of like, that's my work, but how did it get, how did it get there? You know, like um, nailed to a tree or stuck in a cafe, but <clears throat> the, oh, the piece of work itself was um, one of five pieces that were acquired by the Art Gallery of South Australia from the previous year. Um, I was the artist exhibiting at Samstag Museum and um, and there was Kai Lu was also involved in doing the gallery installation mm. and using... Yeah, and anyway, five of these pots were acquired and so exhibited during the Sala time. Um, and those five pots have a heavy link to um, to the flora, the Australian flora, like oh, seed yeah. pods and things. Uh, I actually haven't got that pod anymore because after... Oh, I, I had a bit of a tidy up and I decided <laughs> I'll get rid of all this stuff. And then someone like me comes and asks. <laughs> yeah, and probably that pod's now in the garden out there. Um, 
But I, I must well, say... Well, what pod was it that that one well, was based on? Well, it would have on? been a, um, a gum nut of a kind, oh, a I, eucalyptus. Yeah. And at that you can see that's the the, sh- the shell out of yeah. form, the internal form, and, and then, then the you little bits had, come out the top. Yeah, I can or, see it. Yeah. Oh, that's so brilliant because I have too have been staring at it for a long time <laughs> and uh, hadn't made the connection. So oh, that's, okay. that's lovely. Yeah, yeah, I can almost see the little blossoms yeah. coming out the top. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and I think oh, I have a lot of them. Like this was an old one. So. Oh, let's. Oh, yeah, that's lovely. But. Uh, well, for some reason, that's nostalgic for me as well. I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I think like when I was a kid too, you'd collect eucalyptus pods and, and make pipes out of them or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they kind of are a crafty thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, not the jacaranda pod, um, making um, robin redbreasts out of the... Can't remember. We'll have to have but a you, whole a litany of, of seed yeah, pods in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you put uh, put um, cotton wool in the. Oh yes. Yeah, and the, paint yeah. it. I'll get some of Mum's rouge and <laughs> blush it. So it's a robin red breast. Brilliant. I'll have to. Um, but if you you'll just, have to tell me about that because I can't car- quite picture it. They carry jongs. I didn't know that they had horrible prickly little seeds in them. If you didn't, you oh, forgot you. Right. Yeah. Oh. Now, the best I've done is make a Christmas tree out of a pine cone in reception. Oh, but um, I, So I do understand it. Something about that really lovely texture of yeah. the dark bark, which yeah. is echoed in the that work as well, yeah. which is really lovely. Yeah, yeah, and it probably goes back to, you know, again, you know, not not having money to go and buy art materials, mm. but you just yeah. collect. Yeah. In fact, my grandmother used to make seed pictures. She'd get a bag of uh, mixed parrot seed. <laughs> Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> Do her drawing and then uh, separate all the seeds into their own category yeah. and then glue them all down. And, oh, wow. And we, oh, I thought she was so clever. And she <laughs> did the same with bark paintings. It wasn't oh, wow. bark painting as Indigenous, but, no, but cutting the bark. Kind of collaging into, mosaic. Yeah, animals. making little houses oh, and wow. trees. And, yeah. And I suppose they were the things that you watched yeah, really carefully as a kid, like watching her doing that. Yeah, yeah. wishing you could do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. probably some of that stuff feeds in, feeds in yeah. as well. Oh, about the exhibition shedding which at the time of our chat is is currently open at Adelaide Central Gallery within this sort of Adelaide Central School of Art um, at the name of the suburb has escaped me in the Glenside um, campus yeah I got that right yeah <laughs> Freeville isn't it that don't they call it Freeville that area probably I'm yeah. my head's in gum nuts and seeds now so. oh okay. well it was the asylum <laughs> yeah where Dad threatened to um, house me from time to time <laughs> in my growing up. Oh, how funny! Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that um, I've just popped into the show yesterday, so it's still kind of fresh in my mind. But I, I haven't yet soaked in um, Alison Smiles' lovely uh, essay to accompany the show. Um, but it's it's jam packed, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, 
I I think I went in there with no expectations and was like really delighted. It felt quite I don't know, familiar and I don't know, I just really liked it, but I can't articulate why. <laughs> but please tell me or tell everyone listening about yeah. that show. Well, that show came as a an extension of the Sala thing, um, mainly because Andrew Purvis, the curator there, who's a wonderful guy, he had a um, some hiccup in his exhibition program oh, and he yeah. came <laughs> to me to see, having known a little bit about me and my excessive uh, flow from time to time, um, would I be interested in filling in this time spot? And at the same time, QUT Art Museum in Brisbane had a similar hiccup so um i was kind of well next week that one will open in oh, brisbane wow. so it, a truck took 20 boxes <laughs> up to brisbane and andrew took so this is the bare version of the studio yeah yeah <laughs> and in actual fact i don't know how it's all going to fit in again <laughs> Yes, once you've taken it all out. Yeah, yeah. How do you fit it back in together? Yeah, maybe we'll have to have a silent auction. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, Andrew had the idea, or idea, yeah, um, about using things around in my studio to try and recreate an aspect of it. Um, I guess in a way it's sort of didactic for being a... A art school gallery that students also maybe um, uh, see something there that could motivate them. That, yeah, you know, in their own work. That, and I know that William Robinson, um, a friend and painter in Brisbane, he used, used to always say to students, "You don't have to leave your front gate to find your imagery." It's you know, like that's great. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and I suppose a lot of the work that is in that show. Well, it is my work and it is about my probably my childhood aspects of being a woman. Uh, (laughs) The sense of things that were proximal to you. Yeah, Yeah. so it's a real... And for me too, even the way Andrew interpreted and understood it, it sort of also makes... Well, it feels like the book again as well. It almost illustrates... Yeah. What the book has too. About yeah, it. that's great that there's that continuity and that mm. he got it. Yeah, yeah. I think he always does get it. Yeah, I know. He's got a he's got he's a got good a eye and he's um yeah, yeah he's a very attuned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, so brilliant. um yes. And I think it was interesting because he came here a few times in that mode of finding thing mm. and I guess it stimulated me too to get in behind into the dark corners <laughs> and retrieve <laughs> more artwork yeah um and then at that too you could I could you can see you know like 1986 what was happening in my head at the time <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lot of crockery and imagery and I think every time I moved a lot when I went from when I left Adelaide, that was about 79, came back in 91. I was moving all the time because I was renting houses. Oh, of course. So you would discard what you had and then when you went into another 
house or share house, you'd end up going to the op shop and buying more cups yes. and so, or whatever. And repeat, yes. Yeah, and repeat. So, yeah, and then some of those objects at that time, I, I was making photographs as well, so they became, you know, on a lonely Saturday afternoon, <laughs> you'd find yourself with your camera just because uh, the light or something it was fantastic yeah. and... So, yeah, you just sort of... Tinker. Tinker, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of tinkering. Yeah, actually, I think that's a great word for the context of, yeah. you know, the shed and, you know, yeah. that kind of space mm. and, and the freedom to, you know, no pressure, just tinker. That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Dad, in that exhibition and in the book maybe, that reference back to... My father's shed, which yeah. I used um, after my master's degree. Um, it was time f for the family to clear the shed, and um, which was <laughs> extensive. And I, I suppose that's that clearing the shed took on a major thing for me. And uh, also, the shed was a place of male territory like oh, dad's shed yeah and I had two brothers and a sister the brothers were allowed access I was supposed to be in the house doing domestic stuff which involved fighting with mum and refusing to make my bed um and so the shed to me was a bit much more exciting and I guess I used to go down there when Dad wasn't home, find the key and get down there and turn the lathe on. and. Oh, wow, you know, get into the tools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you'd get into trouble. And also he was, you know, a bit of a, I don't know. But anyway, the fact that he wouldn't let me go to art school, there was this incredible disappointment with him as a father because I, I had my whole hopes hanging on that I could go and I was accepted by the art school because back then you had to do a um like a portfolio or something or? yeah no they set up a still life and everyone oh. who wanted and you had to draw for oh, gosh, so many hours the pressure. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well I I didn't get the scholarship only one person got the scholarship yeah. and that was Trevor Nichols who probably you know was an indigenous artist who's now um, and anyway, so Dad said I wasn't good enough. That proved I wasn't good enough. Oh. <laughs> so I suppose, and Mum said in a day of dying to my ex-husband at the time that her biggest regret was she didn't stand up for me and make that happen. And to get you there to Yeah, because I think, oh, wow. yeah, I think if maybe if I'd got there, I would have just gone, you know, I would have been a happy little painter or something because <laughs> it was around that time where people like, oh, a bit later, but Barbara Hanrahan, people like that, they'd all take the boat to England and go to art school and yeah, it all seemed super exciting. Yeah. The boat went without me. Oh. Yes. So I suppose, yeah. Yeah. No, I, li I liked the sort of duality of the shed as a place, but, you know, shedding as a... Yeah. metaphor for something else as well and yeah. and again I guess we've come back to processing and facing things yeah. and yeah yes yeah. yeah there is a lot of shedding in it even like I'm sitting here I can see a button jar 
<laughs> in a big Vegemite jar. Those buttons were my grandmother's. Oh, and wow. You know how you, they would have all been, some of them, you know, you can see they've been cut off of garments. Yeah. So she's recycling and, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, there's jars of funny things around. Yeah. So we could sit here all day and, and tease like, out the stories. <laughs> I know. Anyway, that's sort of how it all happens. Yeah, lovely. Um... please indulge me do you have a favorite memory of someone either experiencing or interacting with your work from any point in your whole career well if I <laughs> you had to pick one <laughs> well there's one small one and that was when I was at kindergarten I was painting a picture it was Christmas time and I had standing at a little easel paint <laughs> And I did it a great big Father Christmas. He was profile and he looked pretty good. He had a red cap on the whole lot. And I was really proud and the uh, kindy teacher um, was adding the praise. Mm. And then while I was listening to her, I sort of had a moment and then I went back because I just blobbed his eye, given him a big blue eyeball and... Um, in that time, when I turned around, the eyeball had dribbled right to the bottom of the page. And I remember that sheer horror of messing it up, but at the same time, the fascination of actually watching what happens. Yeah. And that, so it was a win-win in a way. Yeah. No, not, one was pain, one was <laughs> winning. But that, for me... I love that I, that stood out. Because I still do dribbles and drips <laughs> in my work. But, um, and at such a young age yeah, to go, um, oh, oh, actually it's okay. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> it was just how gravity and yeah. the weight of the water took. But, um, yeah, enough. But uh, I like that. And the only other memory too probably is when I had an installation at the Art Gallery of South Australia and it was called a cow of a thing, which was um, an extension of Dad's shed business. But I had a, a, the kitchen table and all things happening and people came in and they didn't see it as an artwork. They just put their bags on it and started <laughs> ratting through things and occasionally the guard had to say this is an artwork. And, and I suppose it was there like an artwork you know like it because it was so familiar that it didn't yeah. have command respect and I think <laughs> I remember thinking that was pretty amazing as well because it was like excuse me do you mind and then it was of course you know like that's what we used the table at home for it wasn't yeah. an artwork it was just a thing where you dumped yeah. stuff so oh, that, that's that, great yeah <laughs> I'm just, glad you thought that was a, you know, <laughs> word I vended or, you know, wasn't an issue, but it was just a curious thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and I suppose that's... That's great. Yeah. Yeah, just those little things. Oh, look, thank you so much for, oh. you know, indulging my questions and, oh. um, you know, harking back to 
different times. And <laughs> Thank you so much, Helen. Oh, thank you. Thank you.